Welcome to All The Things, a podcast for moms seeking an inspired life. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Chin. I am a writer and a coach, and my most passionate truth is that the world needs the real you. That's why I created this podcast, to discover all the things that make us who we are, because the better we understand ourselves, the more good we can do in the world. So let's do that together. We are on <laughs> after, uh, I don't know, I, I don't want to say a debacle, it's just failings of Technical technology. Difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jesse, thank you for being on. I'm really excited for this conversation. Me too. Super happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, Lisa. So um, this was originally going to be a Facebook Live just to kind of orient the listener or the audience. Um, and there was some technical 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 difficulties um so this will not only be posted on live but it'll also be on my podcast next week so um yeah with that i this is kind of veering off of the away from kind of my normal schedule and and all of that and that's okay i'm totally totally cool with that um but i wanted to first acknowledge that i am speaking in and now podcasting um, from the traditional and unceded territories of the Nipmuc and Massachusetts people. And I share land acknowledgement as often as I can in these kind of more public settings um, and conversations that I'm leading because I think it's important. And and I know, Jesse, you're kind of on the same page as I am about um, acknowledging all of the various facets of injustice and inequities around us. Um, And part of, I mean, not part, like, the work that you're doing is very much addressing the lack of reverence and attention and, and I feel like I want to say holiness, but like not in the religious sense, but really the acknowledgement of the, of what mothers go through. And, and I feel like in traditional cultures, it's very much integrated in their culture and not so much in our modern day culture absolutely um so with that said i'll give you a chance to introduce yourself because i don't actually have a proper bio for you that's okay you know i'm happy to do it um thanks so much for having me so i'm jesse colbert and i'm the founder and executive director of the mass ppd fund and we are a nonprofit working on um increasing communities capacity to address postpartum depression and um, similar issues. We use the word PMADS, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, because these challenges don't always present as depression per se, and there's a lot to learn about that. Um, But we work on these issues through raising awareness, um, a lot through training and also through advocacy. And flourishing is our big, big annual event that we're here to talk about today. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so um, I love that you gave some background on the Mass PPD Fund because the the reason we you're having this event next Friday on May 6th, and it's virtual, it's free to attend with an option to donate, um, but the reason you're having it is to raise awareness and raise funds for, for your nonprofit. Um, can you, I like to just kind of level set, so like, where and how did the idea for the Mass PPD Fund come from? Yes. Um, it came to me in one moment. 
um, but I think I was building up to it. Um, so my background is two things. Um, I worked in nonprofit fundraising for many years, mostly behind the scenes as a grant writer. Um, I also happened to be the staff person at the time that the state postpartum depression commission came into being. And I worked for Representative Ellen Story, who was a huge champion of this issue. Um, and I worked on this issue for years and years. And I would say that um, although in some ways, Massachusetts is a leader on this issue. Um, for example, we have a program called McPat for Moms that trains OBGYNs that has been this incredible national model. Um, I think in many ways, this issue is barely addressed at all. Um, and one of the reasons the word fund is in the name of the organization is um, I think I was coming from the perspective of investing in the issue um, that at the time the post the commission started many of the efforts on this issue were volunteer based and um, I think that can be terrific, um, but sometimes that's not sustainable and sometimes that means important things like support groups um, come and go. Um, so I think this, this need was in the back of my mind from working on the issue at the state policy level. I also worked in the state house. I also worked on nonprofit fundraising. I had a few part-time jobs um, since I've become a mother. Um, I didn't go through it. That's another issue, but it was more about seeing this incredibly compelling need, hearing over and over about the lack of investment in the issue, seeing these tremendous community efforts, and yet hearing um, in the context of my work at the commission that there just wasn't the money to make this work sustainable. And in one moment, <laughs> I was going back to work after my third child, and it was also kind of um, the beginning of a new political era. You know, we are we are non nonprofit, nonpartisan. But at the moment, I was feeling discouraged about um, where our country was headed, which I um, still am in some ways. And and heard yet again about these efforts that really couldn't be sustained in in various communities because of a lack of investment. And I said literally in one moment in this meeting, that's what I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna start a nonprofit. Um, I did not know what I was. <laughs> getting myself into. Um, I won't say the rest is history um, because we're still working really hard to establish the organization and to become sustainable. Um, but it was really, and it was also not seeing that the, enough of a presence of this issue. You know, when I often say when you work at the state house, you see every issue, you know, there is a big event and an award and a free breakfast and a flyer and a t-shirt, you know, and a budget item for every issue under the sun for diseases and issues that are much less prevalent than this one. And so it was also about, um, you know, where are we in the mix? Where's our event? You know, where's our budget item? You know, this is the number one complication of pregnancy. So it was also sort of seeing the, the lack of investment, both in terms, again, McPat for Moms being the, the major exception, but um, in Massachusetts, but seeing both on the philanthropic side, um, as well as on the government side, and, and also in the public conversation that this wasn't being talked about. So I'm curious, what about the issue really? I mean, you weren't a mom, I don't think yet at the time you were working at the state house. Um, or were you? 
I was the second time. The second time. <laughs> yeah. So when yeah. you were first first exposed to this issue, you hadn't gone through it. Like, what about it really drew you to be so passionate about it? Um, I really care about moms. Um, I think parenting is incredibly hard. Um, and I really care about mental health. Um, and I think that, um, I just felt I was in a position to make a difference. You know, I had this fundraising background. To me, the issue was always incredibly compelling. I don't think you have to think (laughs) very hard about it. Um, I think that our culture, as you said, is a setup for this. I think moms are not supported. I think we can look at the issue more broadly. I don't think every case um, is caused by some of these cultural and societal factors. I think it is is a mental health issue also. Um, But I think that we are not setting up people for success in many, many ways. Um, I guess I just was alarmed that it wasn't being addressed. Um, To me, I mean, being a mom without dealing with this is already incredibly hard. You know, it's exhausting. You lose your identity. You're not supported. Um, It's physically hard. It's emotionally hard. (laughs) Um, So I think I really could identify with it. um, I always like to understand, like, kind of why people get get to that, you know, and I think that um, it's a compelling issue. At the same time, not enough people think it is a compelling issue. So I think that is different about you, that you found it to be compelling enough to do something about it. Um, well, I, I, I remember I was talking about it on the radio and, and the host was hearing some of these statistics about how common it is and said, why are we not talking about it? And somebody called in and said, well, it, it's a women's issue and it's a mental health issue. So we don't want to talk about either of those things. So there you go. Um, um, and, and I think that um, among those, the other reason I, I think I was really compelled is um, among those folks working on it, I think you feel like we're talking about it a lot, um, but I think in the general public and I think in many, many communities, um, we're not. Um, so the anecdote I tell sometimes is I literally don't have an elevator speech. Like for the raffle for this event, I just walked into places and was like, I'm working on postpartum depression. And and the response was like, what? You're working on that? You know, that happened to me. You know, I couldn't hold my own baby. I was so anxious or, you know, people would just start to st- share their story. So to me, it was just this very obvious um, gap. Mm-hmm. I do think that that's a big thing, right? The lack of stories that people are exposed to. And, um, and for many reasons that exist, like the fact that people don't, People think that others don't want to hear it. There's not an outlet for it. There's also just the, like, people don't want to talk about it personally. You know, there's so many things. And I I do think stories really connects us to to issues and matters and allows us to empathize when we haven't experienced it ourselves. 
Yeah, I think that's super important. And that's a theme of this event. So every year we have somebody telling their story about having survive this and I think um, that serves a number of purposes. It, it helps people know how common it is. It's destigmatizing and I think it also points to the systemic problems. So if you listen to the stories you'll hear, you know, well I was experiencing, you know, I wasn't sleeping and I, you know, was calling the pediatrician all the time and nobody asked me, you know, or they screened me and I screened positive and nothing ever happened to it. Or I was induced and I was terrified and the doctor didn't listen. Like the stories tell us what we need to be doing differently. So I um, feel strongly that we should learn from those stories, but they're also powerful in and of themselves. And I also think that the, this culture we have around motherhood that you've mentioned, there's really no support. There's no ritual in, in, in the dominant culture here. And I think that... Um, there's also, you know, you're sent home from the hospital right away. There's nothing. And, and yet at the same time, there's this idealization of motherhood. So we're told sort of by how things are set up not to talk about it. Um, and that also helps create the problem. But, you know, and then and then the advice is don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, well, why on earth? Nothing nothing is nobody and nothing is communicating that to me that I'm supposed to do anything other than doing this all by myself. Um, so I think the stories point to sort of how we need to, they can help us change the culture, but I think we also need to change the things about the system that reinforce that feeling and reinforce that culture that it's, it's every woman for herself and every parent for themselves. Yeah. You definitely hit on, on those points. I, I really, think that it's so it's so integrated right um and so you brought you talked about like the importance of stories and how someone at the event shares a story so flourishing this has happened three or four years now it's fourth fourth one. one yeah um and the first one was live and then the last two have been virtual due to the pandemic and again virtual this year I'd love to hear kind of your um your vision for it, why it came to be, because um, this is kind of your, your premier event. This is this is yeah. your main fundraising um, vehicle. Yeah. Um, so we really wanted to do a unique event, and I would credit um, one of our, a few people <laughs> who helped us, because it, it's really a group effort. Um, back in the beginning, it was a board member, Barbara Elfman, who had a suggestion around the wellness practice. Um, Maribel Sandowski, who does kind of all our branding, and is just a it's so brilliant on all of this stuff. And then we have a board member, Cindy Liu, who um, just kind of helped shape it to um, each of them brought different ideas. I think the idea of the wellness practice um, was Barbara's idea. Um, and then I was thinking of these um, really interesting academic speakers <laughs> right at the beginning. And Cindy, who was a founding board member said, you know, Jesse, what do you want on Mother's Day? You know, you want to relax and you just want everybody to tell you you're doing a great job. <laughs> so I think that really um, kind of characterizes the, the, the feel of the event. You know, it's a tough issue, but the event has always been really uplifting. It's the people who are there. It's the conversation we have. I have always been just blown away by how compelling it's been. Um, I always know it's going to be awesome because I love the speakers, um, but it's one thing on paper and it's another thing when you have 50 or 100 people there and 
everything the speaker talks about. It's like, oh yes, that happened to me. That's exactly my experience. Um, so just the commonality, um, it's a real boost. It's a lot of fun. Um, people really enjoy it. And I feel like kind of bring their whole selves to it. It's, it's, it's great. It, it, it's really a feel good event. And can you walk through kind of the agenda for this year's event? Yeah, so um, we are going to, um, we we added the arts last year, and I think that was really wonderful. Um, I think during the pandemic, people have realized um, how important the arts are, and so committee members were terrific about um, suggesting people um, and ways we could do that. So we had music and poetry last year. We'll begin with that again. Um, City Strings United is providing the music. Um, We will have a recognition at the beginning from Stephanie Crawford of Propa City, um, and they are a wonderful organization in Boston that works on grief and loss. Um, all kinds of grief and loss, but of um, um, infant loss um, and stillbirth. So we will have a moment to recognize um, those losses and then a poem as well from Stephanie and then our wonderful MC Lauren Ray will kick it off. The wellness piece is going to be great. Last year we had Ashley Mitchell um, do some yoga and strength training. She was very, very pregnant. Um, so uh, we thought it would be fun to kind of have a, where are they now? So she's coming back. (laughs) Um, and she has just been an incredible, um, voice on all of these issues that we're talking about, um, on motherhood, um, and on also some of the, um, birth disparities issues that also hit on mental health, on the mental health side, um, for black moms and other moms of color. So she's just been an incredible voice. Just wanted to give her the floor, <laughs> whatever she wanted to contribute. So that will be actually a journaling and meditation piece this year, um, but also a chance to check in with Ashley and, and, and see how it's going for those who aren't already following her, but uh, you probably all are or should be. Um, and then we will hear from, uh, for those who are watching, not listening, <laughs> I'm holding up my copy of Dear Scarlet. Um, We were up in the air about virtual versus um, a live event. And um, I was kind of pushing for virtual because our keynote is Canadian. Um, And it is Teresa Wong. And she just wrote this incredibly beautiful story about postpartum depression and healing and parenthood and um, so many things. It's just a beautiful book. And so she's going to be sharing directly from the book. And then she's going to be talking with our MC Lauren Ray. And then we'll hear more about our organization and some testimonials from things that we have done over the last year. You'll hear from me. Um, And then we're going to give away a lot of good stuff at the end. It's different than, I mean, I haven't attended. And whenever I think of like a nonprofit event, it's, it feels maybe stodgy is the word. I don't know. Very like, like academic speakers, as you were talking about in the beginning. And I, I've attended, I think I guess I've attended all three. I'm trying to remember. I Um, I know you were there at the beginning. In the live. Yeah, I was there. (laughs) Tiffany, I don't know if it was Tiffany or Marie Francis. Someone invited me yeah. and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Um, but yeah, like to be able to support an organization 
and also and but in a different way i don't know it's just um the full vision of it is a really powerful one and i'd love to i know you'll you at the event you'll share about this but like where what are you funding like when you're when we're talking about raising money and um and addressing these issues Sure. Um, Well, as I mentioned, our mission has three big areas. Um, So the first one is raising awareness. um, And we do that in a number of ways. And we work with a lot of survivors. We do speaking engagements. We participate in coalition work. We have the Amplifying blog, which is a chance to um, hear from one person who's been through this experience in depth. um, And that's on our website. Um, We also do a lot of training, and I think that's an important piece. Um, You know, I mentioned that this issue was hugely under-addressed, and I think it's under-addressed in general, but there are also some barriers to care that are specific to low-income moms, BIPOC moms, um, disparities by insurance status. Um, And so our training really is focused on not only increasing the ranks of providers who understand this issue and can screen and or treat, um, but looking at where those um, gaps are in the system and working to provide training that fills some of those gaps, language gaps also. Um, So we've done a number of training programs and we'll hear about a couple of them at the event. One of them most recently, um, we partnered with some terrific speakers um, to offer a training for non-mental health providers who might have a relationship with a parent and be in a position to um, look out for this issue and and screen and and send that person for more care. Um, We also have partnered with a support group training organization called GPS Group Peer Support. Um, We're going to be hearing about a project that we did with them where we work to identify some terrific healthcare and community organizations that wanted to integrate um, support groups, um, because as we know, there's a real um, pipeline issue in mental health care right now. So support groups can fill in some of those gaps for support, but sometimes, um, you know, it's a matter of making that support um, in a language other than English or with a provider that looks like you. So this is a support group training project where um, we were able to play a role in getting some new groups going um, in some different organizations across the state. So training is a big piece. Those are just a couple of examples. Um, and then policy change, advocacy, um, changing, working to change the system. Um, we are about to launch a big new effort along with um, PSI and to New York um, on that, but we have done some other policy work as well um, and um, have some projects in the works on that that we'll be talking about more in the future. So those are the three big areas um, that you'll be supporting if you can contribute when you join. Amazing. The um, the long-term vision of MassDPD Fund. Yeah. I know it's, it's the little baby, um, but do you what are you what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any? Well, we wrote one <laughs> and it's on our website and I don't think I have it memorized. Um but it's something it's something <laughs> at least I, I should know this. Um but it's um just compassionate, um culturally appropriate mental health support for all parents. Um, and that doesn't mean, um, you know, we're a small organization, but that's 
that's our vision. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about the advocacy piece, it's like, how can we push for wider changes and help help move the needle, um, you know, toward towards that vision? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would never discount a small organization, you know, <laughs> it's, it is, so we all have to start somewhere, right? And I think that the experience that you bring and the, and the really the passion that you bring to this is so powerful and you, and I think it's apparent to everyone who comes across you. Um, and it's, yeah. It, and it, it also, also just like feels aligned. Like when you talk about it, it's just like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know if that's like, well, that's very kind. <laughs> I, I, at least I, I feel that you are an inspiration. Um, when you talk about mothers and motherhood, you, you, um, really think outside the box, you center mothers. Um, I, 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 so I, you're, you're a tremendous inspiration to us. And, um, I love to hear everything you have to say. Um, so I think we need to change the culture, you know, and change the system. So I think changing the culture and talking about it and thinking about it differently, um, is so, so important. Um, so I, I credit you, uh, in a big way there. (laughs) Thank you. I think it's the group effort, right? I always go back to the village, you know, like one small group here, but then if you've got hundreds Mm -hmm. and I know that there's efforts, you know, the efforts around the country, around the world. So it's great to just be part of that network. Yeah. And I think that the changes around birth um, have tremendous implications for this issue. Mm -hmm. So um, if you've checked out the Amplifying blog, I recruited people really because they had interesting stories and it was a little bit stunning um, how each one had had a traumatic birth. Mm. And that was just the start of things being very difficult and sort of talk about not being at the center of things, you know, to sort of be shoved aside um, and not listened to. And it was kind of the beginning of moms losing themselves a bit. Um, so this movement towards doula care, to, towards midwifery care, we are part of coalition efforts there. And I think those things are hugely important and they have huge implications. Um, you can't separate different kinds of wellness. Yeah, absolutely. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much more we can talk about. I know, I could go on. <laughs> like what else? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the birth is the beginning it's not the beginning, but it's, it's, it's a very big dot in the circle of life. <laughs> and when totally. we, when we are going through life, like it, I, I just think about the, the enormity of that time. And if there was that reverence and that care taken for mothers and parents and families during that time, the impact that it can have down the line is enormous because yeah like if like we can address the training and and the the access to care at when you have a postpartum mood disorder um, but even before that right is addressing the care of of the pregnant person and their families and then even before that you know to me is like the cultural change that we have in terms of how we treat people who are different and people who have, you know, it's just like, it's, it's all interrelated. So 
I think it's inspirational, like looking at anyone who's addressing any part of that puzzle because mm-hmm. it's all it's all synced up and interlocked. Yeah, could not agree more. <laughs> so um, can we share, I'll put in links and whatnot into the, um, into like the description of Great. the video. Um, but can you share like how people can learn more about Mass PPD Fund as well sure. as the event? Sure, sure. So it's massppdfund.org. We're on all social media also, and we're posting like crazy <laughs> until the event. So if you go on any of our social, you'll see the link to the event. Um, but Lisa will also share it and, and, and please join us. It's donation optional. So again, whatever you can give is great. Um, but mostly we just want to see you there and we would love to have you participate and enjoy Ashley and Teresa. And it's going to be really fun super excited. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. I'm glad that we've had a chance to talk. I don't think we've, we've gone one-on-one in a while. So yeah, it's nice to catch up. It's nice to catch up with you too. Thank you for tuning in today. Living an inspired life is a worthy endeavor. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Be sure to subscribe in your preferred podcast player for future real conversations. And if any part of this episode made you think of a friend, let them know that they aren't alone in their journey and share all the things with them. If you'd like to stay in touch, hop on over to lisaforreal.com and sign up for my daily blogs or find me on Instagram at Reclaiming Motherhood. See you next time.